I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Still can't get over how good that intro music is. How are we doing, everybody? Oh, Welcome great. back to the Fallout Bar here at Online Darts. Day number eight of the PDC World Darts Championship. Myself, Jack Garwood, joined by Cam McFarlane once again. How are we doing, buddy? I'm all right, mate. How are you? How did you enjoy yesterday? Because, again, I'm not going to mention the fact that I was jealous. Of, I think I mentioned it about 15 times last night, but <laughs> it wasn't quite the session we thought it might be yesterday, but I'm sure you still enjoy it. I had a great time. I, I just seen Dan's in. Fantastic to actually be in, to meet Dan in person for the first time. Um was a decent oh, Jesus, you've not met him, have you? No, this is just how OD works because with everything. I know, but even I, like me and Dan have met a couple of times, and like, but yeah, I didn't yeah. realize you hadn't actually ever actually met him. I said I felt sorry for, to him for that. Did he pick time. you up in the? Did he pick you up in the proper car as well? No, 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 no. We went in. We went in the two thousand and eight. Oh, it wasn't. It wasn't in the Audi. No, more range. Longer journey. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been happy about that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have accepted that lift. I, I had a great time, regardless. Very comfortable. <laughs> I'd, I'd literally passed my driver test. I wouldn't know about two weeks before as well. So I was very familiar with it with the surroundings. So it was lovely. Uh, yeah, great afternoon. Uh, managed to grab a couple of t-shirts for Billy that actually fit. He's been itching for a dart shirt for a long, long time. Um, I've never seen a seven-year-old hate Scotland so much. It was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Was he singing about how they get battered? Many renditions of Scotland get battered. It was it was fantastic, <laughs> and I didn't encourage a single one of them. I was I, like, "Yes, you can I come again." I hope say about a couple of dark shirts for the seven-year-olds. You didn't give him a a a gobby a gobfather dark shirt, did you? No, no, no. From Ali Pali, they're not I, selling I, shirts of my name on Ali. Let's. Be I know honest. they're not selling them, but you might have turned up with one. We know what you like. I ain't, I ain't got that much merch, mate. Don't you worry. Uh, good evening to everybody else in the chat room, by the way. Sorry, we've been on a bit of a tangent to start the evening. Uh, Jack's in, Tommy's in, G's in as ever. Yankee's in as well. Uh, Harry, Deck, Daniel, Nels. Yeah, what happened to Wade? Yeah, we'll get on to that. Uh, Malachi. Hello, mate. First time I've seen your week, and it's conveniently the night that James Wade loses. Great to see you too, pal. Uh, Dan's in as well, as is Preston. Um, so, class, good to see you all. Uh, let's get on with tonight's show then, Cam, because we do have eight matches to review and then plenty to look forward to once again tomorrow. Tomorrow night session looks fantastic, by the way. Uh, but we do start with the Polish Eagle. I, I want to say soaring into the third round. Um, it was a bit of a tough watch this one, Ritarski versus Janssen, but Ritarski doing just enough to get over the line. Yeah. Um, it wasn't the best that will we'll see from him at any point, I'll be honest, but at the end of the day, 
got over the line and did what he needed to do. And he didn't have to do a lot to do it, but but he did enough. And while it wasn't the best performance, he'll always take a comfortable win like that. Yeah, when you've had the season that Ratajski has had, it's not quite reached the heights of, of the last couple of years. You'll take just getting through the first round, or well, his second round, his first round, the second round of the World Championships, keeping yourself in the hunt and just making sure that you're you're topping up your ranking money effectively, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? It's about getting through and keeping keeping that money and not not taking a big loss at this point. And yeah, he's he's done what he needs to really. I mean, Danny Hansen, to be fair as well, it's it's a good enough run for him. It's going to give him a good boost. And highlight of the lot from Danny Hansen was hitting the singles well, going for the fish. <laughs> We've all been there. We've absolutely yeah, exactly. all been there. I was playing darts afternoon with my dad and my brothers and, and whatever, and I was trying desperately to leave 170 for my parents' partner at the time. And yeah. First start, big one. Oh dear. Well, that's, what, that's what it's all about, isn't it? I mean, I think I left it at one point tonight in the pub as well, and and absolutely. I, I don't think I did as well as it in the singles world, to be honest. I think I, I, I think I hit nine, to be fair, but... As you throw it at the bottom of the board, you muppet. <laughs> well, uh, to be fair, I was actually decent up the board tonight. Um, Paul Sandbrook is in the chat that I've been playing darts with tonight, um, and he will tell you that I was actually decent in the bo- up the board tonight. I don't believe you. I do not believe you at all. Also, he'll also tell you he's actually he's trying he's trying for a little bit in the chat there for a bit of clout, but his finishing was better than Cam Menzies tonight. <laughs> We'll get on to that one in a little while. Um, <laughs> Janssen made a big step early on in this season, winning a Pro Tour Players Championship 9 as he did. Still concerns about his action, but not. Like, he's still young. He's still got plenty of time to, to crack on. In, in terms of Ratajski, he takes on Dimitri Vandenberg next, who you would have fancied a crack at. And yeah. he's gone back to these darts and produced... When we look back at it and we look back at round two, it, it's going to be quite easy to to scoot to scoot over. But the performance from Dimitri Vandenberg, the more and more this tournament goes on, is actually getting more and more impressive, especially for a player that's been in absolutely no form for the last few months. Do we see a potential route for Ratajski beyond him? Yeah, I still think so. Yes, okay, Dimmy played well, and it's one of the better performances we've seen. But he's still got to back that up and do it again. And going off what we've seen recently from him, I wouldn't be awfully confident that he will. We know he's certainly capable. He played very well with those darts the other night, and obviously it was a bit of a return to the darts that he's been good with. But I wouldn't, certainly not write him Ratajski off. And I'm not, we know you like Ratajski. I'm not his biggest sort of fat look. Not not fan. Fan's probably the wrong word, but I'm not... wearing a massive eagle logo on your forehead and you're telling me yeah. that eagle isn't good enough. It's Have a very, different, very different eagle. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, what what I mean is, like, I wouldn't say I'm not a fan. I don't dislike the guy, but I'm a bit of a critic at times that he doesn't do enough on television. But I think he's right in this game and I, I do think he's got a real chance. And I tell you what, I certainly won't be writing him off because I think... Especially if you're looking at probably the betting angle as well, you're going to get a really good price on someone 
playing someone that's had one good game in the last six months, pretty much. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, a quick mind at that point is, is probably a good time to check that our coverage is sponsored by Betfred. So if you are having a flutter, make sure you head over there. Uh, we've got a decent introductory offer for new customers there. Uh, but if you are having a bet, please make sure you do so responsibly and you are 18 plus. Uh, let's hear then from the Polish Eagle in his post-match press conference. Yeah, for me, it's okay. The, the most important is win. And this, the second style is in the second. It's, it wasn't a good match, but but it's winning, and I'm happy. It's it's uh, this championship also is hard because I I must defend a, a big big money from the 2021 yeah world championship. But I will play uh, the best how I will can, uh, and we will see what will in this year. I hope it will be better than the, the last year because last year wasn't good for me. Couldn't have summed it up better ourselves, could we? The the win was important and that's about it. He's defending big money, so the further he goes, the better. Uh, on to yeah. match number two this afternoon. And again, look, not the best performance we're going to see from uh, Ryan Searle in his career, but it was job done in straight sets for him over Adam Galas. Yeah, um... I fancied, fancied Ryan to win, and I think I picked him to win possibly three one. I think last night. I'm not not sure. We don't know. We are. We can never remember what we picked the night before. But I think it was three one that I picked him to win. However, I expected more from Adam. I thought he would have been more competitive than he was, and I mean an eighty two average. We know he's a lot better than that, and we thought he'd have pushed so a lot more than he did. But Ryan just did enough and beat what was in front of him pretty comfortably. He was good on the outer ring, didn't score particularly well, but he didn't need to, and just did just did enough, really. Seems to be story of the tournament so far, doesn't it? Is players just doing enough, especially those in the seeded position. We've had a couple of really impressive standout performances, but the rest just seem to be coast not coasting along, but, but just moving along nicely, doing enough, getting into the next round. Do we think that's the... Because this tournament is so vast and because of the time of the year, so many have turned up with that mentality of the hard work kicks in after Christmas. I'm not sure it's even that. I think it's just more about making sure you're there after Christmas. At the end of the day, it doesn't, the performance does not matter one bit. It's about getting the result. And I think that's the biggest thing for everyone. And just doing enough to get the result and make sure you're there after Christmas is, is enough. And... I think we've seen that from a lot of the seeds so far. They've not performed anywhere near what we think they might, other than probably MVG and maybe a couple of others that have been been near to that level. But most of them, just get through it, do what you need to do. Don't You don't have to do anything overly flashy and just, just make sure you're there into the second week. Yeah, 100%. Let's then hear from Ryan Serle and see what he had to say after his 3-0 win over Adam Gala. To be fair, he even, he even came to my house, which is the first time he's been to mine in, in two years that we've been practising together. So um, obviously he must be keen or just Rachel kicked him out, one or the other. So um, yeah, um, yeah, I feel like I can go deep in this tournament, Gary can go deep in this tournament and um, yeah, I just enjoy Christmas now and look forward to my next game. Oh, 100%. I think the only thing wrong with Gary's game is he doesn't put the time in. I think if he was to put the time in, he could easily win another World Championship if he wanted to. Um, obviously, his goals may have changed over the years because, you know, 
he's got everything that he needs in life, you know, and darts probably isn't his main his main thing anymore, but I feel like if he was to put the effort in, he could easily win another World Championship. And next season, I'd like to think we could try and practice sort of two times a week and that would definitely help us both out. And uh, to be fair, do I want him smashing everyone up? I don't, I don't, it's one of those things, isn't it? Like, do I want him smashing everyone? It's one of them, but um, yeah. Um, I'd love it. It helps me playing someone like Gary because there's nothing that anyone else can do that can phase you when you're playing someone like Gary who's who's on it there's nothing anyone else really can do that can sort of put you off your game so you know it's it's nice playing it's nice practicing with him it's the hope that kills you isn't it sometimes I think we've heard Brian talk about Gary an awful lot this season and I suppose that's what happens when you are the almost the named practice partner of, of one of the greatest players to ever play the game um and living locally to him, and he's answered a lot of questions about Gary this year, and there were obviously a couple of more in there. But how brilliant would it be to see one or the other go deep in this tournament? Yeah, I mean both. Like we'd like to see both have a have a run. Um, I don't know. Can they both have a run? I'm don't forgetting what like the, I'm forgetting what the draw is at this point. Um, they're not in the I same section, so. are they? No. No, so they can both have a run. Yeah, yeah so we... I was in the top quarter and Gary's in the bottom. Yeah, so they can they can literally meet at the end, realistically. Um, but yeah, I mean, we all want to see them both do well. I mean, Ryan Searle, for a man that cannot see, is literally unbelievable. Like I take my I take my glasses off. I can't. See, I can't see the board, and I assume that's pretty much what it's like for him. But he just refuses to wear glasses and just rolls up and still just bangs in trebles and doubles for fun. Um, and we all love Gary, I think. See, both from go there. I mean, how is he a long term practice partner of Gary Anderson if Gary Anderson doesn't practice? <laughs> dominated, isn't he? Because they live together. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to drag him after a practice, and then I'm not sure everybody Also, just, be, just before we go any further. I hate to shout out Paul Zamra for the second time in this show already, but Charlie would be throwing this comment up there because Charlie was throwing comments up for fun on the screen last night. He is right about me and the Eagles throwing sevens for fun. So, <laughs> No. I'll let you have that, but I'm not giving the Eagles credit. This is my show and that's not happening. So we're moving yes. on. Uh, See, in the NFL right now. Grow up uh, to the third match of the afternoon, and again, it was a straightforward result, a performance that was sub ninety average, but it was the more experienced player seeded coming through relatively unscathed against. I don't know how to describe the group of players against a non-seeded player from the other half of the draw, basically. Uh, Mensor Sulevic uh, with a 3-0 win over Mike Decker, who was pretty impressive in round one, I thought, Mike Decker, and has also had a very, very good year. But this performance left a lot to be desired against Mensor. Look, we know how slow Mensor can be, the pace, etc. But Mensor just seemed to have Mike's number at every moment that he needed it. Yeah, and without particularly doing much either. I mean, an 88 average and 30% on the doubles to get a 3-0 win against someone, like you say, that Mike Decker has been good this year and looked very good in his first-round match as well. 
I didn't see this coming. I think me and Charlie both predicted I might predict a win tonight. I think I had it 3-2, Charlie had it 3-1, which is probably what's done it more than anything, to be honest. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just I didn't really see this coming at all because Mensah's not particularly been in great form. We've not seen a great amount from him this year. And if he's going to go up there and average 88, you're going to fancy that every single time. You are, and we we know what Mentor's capable of. We've seen him in that, uh, well, match play final before. We've seen him in the Champions League. We've seen him in the Premier League and all sorts. I was a little bit taken aback by an interview we did a couple of weeks ago where he said he was going to be in the Premier League or he believed he was good enough to be in the Premier League or, or, or something to that effect. I'm yet to really see the performance level match that. Especially now the Premier League's dropped to eight, etc. I, I don't think anybody's got mentor in the conversation for the Premier League at the minute. And whilst this might be one comment from one interview at the minute, I'm, I'm not sure Mensor's got that level in him anymore. Despite the fact he's saying he feels better and, and is healthier and, and and things to that effect. Yeah, like you say, no, no one's even considering him for for anything like that. And. It's nothing to do with how good he is because we all know how he can play. But he's not overly watchable, is he? And that's what you kind of need in that tournament. And But that doesn't mean that he's not going to go and rattle in a few good performances in this tournament where it's not all about the style and the rest of it. And he could have a little run. Damn, that's brutal. Because Menzel's best chance of playing in the Premier League is if Forrest bring him in in the January transfer. <laughs> We're not talking about Forrest. <laughs> We're not talking oh, about... Oh, why? Because they bought 6,000 to your place in Sergio over. It's not about... Uh, did they bring 6,000? Fair play to them, because that's probably, be the biggest crowd we've, probably the biggest crowd we've had all season. Um, <laughs> however, yeah, they did beat us 4-1. Uh, but as they should, because we actually played our second team. And as one of my mates commented yesterday... We don't have a second team. We just have a few kids. <laughs> Shocking. Right, let's hear from Mensor at his post-match press conference to see what he had to say after his win over Mike Dedeka. For me, it's just, every tournament is different. Really. Uh, uh, I play for a tournament good. Eli uh, Pelli never play good. Never. Really. This year, I'm happy I stay here. Play good, play good. Uh, I think I play good. Uh, Miss Tower, uh, uh, feeling good for me. And I hope uh, uh, next round I'll play better. Are you going to try and play in everything you can next year? I play every tournament next year. I keep my best. I'm better. I'm one year big problem with vaccination. Um, seven months, I think. Um, I'm practice maybe three four hours and practice every day for seven hours every every day it's never never holiday miss no breaks no breaks practice and saw hit in the practice board i mean if we've heard that before from some other players we're about to talk about one of them very very soon uh but first we do have the small matter of wrapping up the afternoon session i say small matter this was up there with one of the most enjoyable games of 
the tournament so far. I thought it had pretty much everything, despite the fact there's a, there's a gap in the averages. Carol Sedlicek's average less than 90 once again. Uh, Dirk van Dijvenboda gave us the Caroline Barker nine data. Very, very nearly gave us the actual nine data. Uh, but it is Dirk that progressed 3-2. Yeah, and when it mattered, he got over the line, which was impressive. But this was one of those games last night where Charlie looked at me and said, I'm pretty sure I know where you're going to go with this. We don't see an upset here, do we? And I said, well, I'm not so sure. Because Carroll played very well in round one. And I thought, if he's at it again, which he didn't quite reach that level again that he played against Raymond Smith in the first round. But if he'd been right at it, he would have beat Dirk today. And he still played well enough to run him close as well. And... I actually thought he did very well to actually get through this in the end because he was in a bit of trouble for a while. Dirk, Dirk even said this in his post-match interviews that whatever happened, he knew it was going to be 3-2 because that always seems to happen to him first round of the World Championships is 3-2 every year that he plays in it. And there seems to be drama in it. If Dirk produces his A-game constantly, he's one of the most watchable, entertaining, free-throwing players on the tour. He's an absolute shoo-in for Premier League when Dirk produces quality. But there are too many moments, too many loose starts in his game at the minute. Even even in a best-of-five sets, there's still too many moments where he just switches off and allows his opponents to to stay near him. Carol Sudacek did produce some some brilliant moments, 3 180s in there, a 104 checkout, and he finished 40% on his double. So if he was getting a chance... He was taking it more often than Dirk was. But Dirk's thrown 12 maximums in that performance and very, very nearly come out on the losing end of it. He survived match darts at 2-1, then takes us to our first extra legs of the tournament, by the way. Yeah, I think it was nice to see. We all love an extra leg, don't we? We all love a bit of... We'd have liked it to go all the way to five apiece and let's have a, a one-leg juice out. But, yeah, it's... it's... We all want to see competitive matches. We don't want to see someone steamrolling someone 3-0, do we? No. Well, unless we've got a show to do and it's approaching midnight. But, you know, we'll take this well, one. Well, yeah, last, last, afternoon night a, last night I had a love Lenny to just rattle off a 3-0 against Stephen Bunting and just get us in. After he took that first set, I was like, just finish this off and let's let's get in and let's get it done. But <laughs> No, we don't, we don't like that, do we? We'd rather be up late. Sort of, maybe. Carol check doesn't have a tour card. No. Nope. Surely he's one of the favourites to pick one up. He is, even performances this year when we've seen him on the Euro Tour, we've seen him here, etc. He is too good to be outside of that 128. He should have a tour card. He's that good. But it's an absolute lottery when you go to Q School and anything can happen. Because he could draw, he could him draw not anyone. Being a tour card holder right now shows you how much of a lottery Q school is. It's, but it it's... also it just highlights that they're not necessarily the best 128 players in the world at the minute, and that potentially is a flaw within this system. It is, and that's the thing. It's it's ridiculous. You can draw. I don't like the format for a start that the first round doesn't count at all. So you can win a you can win a game. 
lose your second game and be worse off than someone that lost the first game. It's nonsense. It's utter rubbish. Yeah. And then to then go through that and then it, and it all comes down to who you're throwing round one. There's it's a complete glossary. There's no seasons, there's nothing. It doesn't matter what you've done on the year before, which is fair enough. And I'm all right with that. I don't mind that because everyone starts on a level playing field. But yeah, the format's nonsense. To to get nothing for round one. Yeah. And actually end up worse off by winning a game than by losing your first round game is just stupid and ridiculous and they need to sort it out. Yeah. I completely agree. Um there was something I was gonna say then. Char evil Charles was gonna be that. He'd have gotten his card. If he'd won this game, he'd have gotten a card. That's exactly where I was gonna go. Yeah. Well, this conversation of systems i appreciate we want to hear from dirk and he does say some very interesting things on the premier league and by interesting he says nonsense um do we think especially as it's being spoken about an awful lot about players losing their card right now if somebody goes to q school now and picks up their card yeah you think they should have the option to take two years and start from scratch or pick up the ranking where they are right now and just take one year Interesting. Very interesting. Um, I think is about card, yeah. which means he starts from absolute zero once again in the race to the match play. I think there was someone else that dropped off their race to the match play the other day. Just who lost uh, their Keegan Brown. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I commented. We we talked about this in in the group the other day. I think it's utterly ridiculous that Keegan Brown is currently sat. Well, not now, but was currently sat. 16th or something in the rest of the match play. Yeah. And, and look, we get the we get okay, the argument okay, that you've had two lost... years to accumulate enough money to stay on tour and whatever. That's fine. But if he but... goes and picks up his card again now, is there that conversation to be had? Why shouldn't actually, he still be 16th in that one race? Year, but what you've already got. Like Scott yeah. Williams, for example, if he wasn't getting a card outright and um he hadn't finished top two on the challenge tour and he finished fourth, would you then give him the option? I, I don't even think it should be an option. If you go to Q school, so he loses to a card right now. Yeah. It's what, two weeks until Q school? Mm hmm. If you then win your tour card, why do you not keep your place in the ranking? I'm sorry, but you've not missed anything at all. You've gone through the toughest bit of world darts, probably, in, keep, in getting your tour card back again. Why are you then kicked off from everything you've already won in the race for the match play? It's non. It's I'm sorry, but it's, not... it's always been, hasn't it? Because everybody no, it gets the tour card. Then... Been... Is no, it right though? Do you think that's you're right? An advantage in terms of retaining your card in two years compared to people that pick up their card at the same time because you've been there previously. So, okay, winning so... a tour card at Q School should be a complete fresh new start for everybody else. Is is the argument on the opposite side? Yes, the show yeah, is definitely is going over an hour again as well. Sorry. But also, <laughs> the other the other side of it is then, why does any of this year matter then in that race? Why You either do one way or the other, where everyone starts at the same position at the start of this season, where they, if they win the tour card or they keep the tour card, you start again at the start of 2023 in the race of the match play. Or why does last year matter? Or if last year it does matter, if you then manage to win your tour card back and you've essentially kept it, if you win it back, you've not. There's nothing in between that you've missed. You've basically kept it. Why don't you keep it? 
Surely it's one I, or the other. I don't hate the rules. Look, I argue with the rules more no, no, than so, anybody so, else. So what, it was what, just a question you... to float to you saying, do you think the player should have an option if they have money on the rankings that they can only take a one-year card? No, I don't think it should be Definitely an option. I think if you get your card back, you should keep where you're at, along with everyone else that kept the card. Because oh, Then you get two years as well. Well, why not? You've still gone through two because schools to win it back. you ranking... And then you're exempt from the first year from dropping off. So at that point, you've already got a base, plus you're exempt, and then you can start to try and crack the 64. Yeah, you're okay. Yeah, I, get, I get that. Side within of it. two years, starts an advantage to everybody else that's picking up a tour card at the same time. That's why you could only really justify it saying if you have ranking money yeah. and you're in a race to something and you win a tour card in January through Q School then should you then be offered the chance to take a one-year tour card and keep everything you've earned in the previous year, even if you weren't a tour card holder or you were as dropping off? Yeah, okay. Throw it yeah. back to you. If that's an option, what do you take? Depends on the player, massively. If I've only earned 12 grand, I'm not doing it. If, I'm if you're keeping Brown, what are you doing? I'll take the one year. And back yourself to and make back it myself, up that look, year. If you're in the match play, if you're in the race to the match play... As a second year or whatever, you start yep. early, you go big, you keep yourself in a match play. That match play prize money should be enough to keep you in the world in the top 64 order merit anyway, if you do study enough elsewhere. Yeah. So, right. Uh, we were actually talking about Dirk van Dijvenberde and Carol Sedlitz. Yeah, we got successful off, uh, yeah. in a 3 2 victory, 4 2 in the final set, the first extra legs encounter of the PDC World Darts Championship. Let's hear then from the Obergenius in his post-match press conference. If I was a potential Premier League player, like as I'm doing now, I wouldn't play the afternoon session. So be sensible, don't ask me Premier League questions. I think it's silly. Ask me the questions when I'm in the semi or in the final and ask me, are you in the Premier League? And then I'll say, I've got a good chance. But I'm, I'm playing afternoon session. If, 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 so, if, if I was close, look at Luke Humphreys, he's in. You know why? He's number five in the world. And he's playing the afternoon session. I don't mind, but I'm here to do as good as I can in the world. And if you're world champion, you're probably in the Premier League. And apart from that, it's, it's just extra pressure, if I think about it. And I want to do well in the world. And, well, if, if that sums up, you do well, you're in the Premier League, it's good. But I don't want to... Have, like I said, it's four events now, man. I, I think it's... Uh, Waste of energy in my head. Um, I rate it. I rate, I rate it. And it's a bit Gary Anderson <laughs> one for my on stage two at my Ed rant, which I like, but it also justifies that perhaps the, the, you can tell a lot from the way that PDC schedule things massively. Yeah. Because of the sessions and time slots they put people in or whatever. And also, he was having a go back at Barzi, so I quite enjoyed that as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I like it, but it wasn't what I expected. I, I think it was true, though. So, right, yeah. let's move on then to, I, I just mentioned him, to be honest, uh, a bit, why am I on stage two as world champion, Mr. Gary Anderson? Uh, not comfortably, because there were moments where this was tight. All four sets going the distance, uh, five legs in each. Uh, but Gary Anderson winning three out of four of those last leg deciders in the sets to beat Madders Rasma 3-1. And look, we heard from Ryan Searle earlier. Then Gary comes out in the first set. First two legs absolutely flying. Pinches it in the fifth and you're like, he just loves this place, doesn't he? 
He does, and he absolutely loves his place. But he got away with one tonight. Maddow's missed chances. And I know he came out the other day and said, last time I played Gary up there, I didn't care. I was just playing my favourite darts player and just enjoying it. But he fancied it tonight. But still, with it being his favourite darts player that he was playing, he just couldn't find that dart when it mattered. He couldn't. Um, a lot of this match was down to timing. And actually, I thought Rasma stayed in this contest potentially a, a lot longer and forced it deep yeah. and forced those tight moments because of his timing as well. He's firing yeah. in one seven ones and 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 whatever else. So look, we, we know much, how well renowned he is on the treble 19. How much better a player is he when he doesn't go up the board? Yeah. Just completely uh, forget that the 20s are there. I'm sorry, but... I don't think so. I, I think he's equally as good. I just think he uses the 19s more, so we see it a lot more. And he's, he's more adept at... He's more adept with his first out of 19s. We normally yeah. judge a player on how well they can switch from going 20s to 19s. It's not very often we judge a player on going 19s to 20s, but we saw that from Rasmus. He hit a 177 at one point from 203 um, yeah. to leave 36. Have I just made that up? No, 26, that would be. He hit 177 to leave 36 at one point yeah, with so Gary two, on 101. 2 yeah. Yeah, and it was just perfect timing. And, and those sort of moments just... They're the ones that you look at and think, hang about, Gary might be in trouble here because he's not yeah. responding, not reacting to him. But he did hold his nerve. Ridiculous consistency on the turns. I thought his action looked very, very solid tonight. There was look, a couple of bad visits in the match, but nowhere near as many as we've potentially seen Gary on, on TV in the past. Four one eighties. Both players have had three ton plus checkouts as well. It was just entertaining this one. Yeah, and, and the fact it was on first is almost a little bit of a crime, given the way that we've just spoken about scheduling and, and orders and who plays where and whatever. Gary Anderson opening the session feels a little bit wrong. A game of this quality opening the session feels very, very wrong. Um, but I'm glad we got to watch it anyway. Yeah, it does. But at the end of the day, we've not seen Gary for a while now. And Maddows is not the most watchable player in the world. As much as he's really good, especially on the 19s, and I stand by, I do think he's a better player when he doesn't bother up the board. I mean, he just looks so much more consistent. There's less wild darts, and he just he scores better. We saw it in his first round game. I mean, he was up the board all the time and was struggling, and they switched downstairs and won five out of the last six legs or whatever it was that he did. Yeah, yes. it's one of those games that was it, it was good and it was it was fun to watch. Like you say, six ton plus finishes in a, in four four sets and Gary in thirty five ton plus shots in in four sets as well. It's... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's really impressive. And for someone that we've not seen for a while, it's going to worry a few people because we know he loves this stage. And... Never backing against him up here. Like, and look, I guess 
without being disrespectful to anybody else, he's in a relatively nice part of the draw. Next opponent would be Dobie or Martin Klimaka. Not writing either of those off, by the way, but if Gary plays at that level, over seven sets, you'd expect him to be competitive, if not winning that majority of the time. Then a run into Mervyn King, Rob Cross or Scott Williams. Any of those that even suggest the slightest bit that they're off their game, Gary's got a chance there. Then we're looking at Michael Van Gogh potentially, but basically we've just put Gary in the quarterfinals already once again. Not put him in. We're not writing any of the rest of them off, but I guess it's the hope that kills you, doesn't it? That that Gary could just go berserk and go deep once again. Yeah, 100%. I mean, um, we'd all love to see it. We all love watching Gary. I mean, in full floor, when he's playing well, the timing of his throw, he's fairly quick. He's not rapid, but he's quick enough where it's it's beautiful to watch. And yeah, let's let's give us more of that. We all want to see it. And imagine him win another one. <laughs> imagine indeed. Let's hear what he had to say after his win. Listen, I've heard the commentators and this and that for donkeys have actually given a flying fish and chips what they thought or say. Then I would have packed in darts a long time ago. I couldn't give two monkeys what they say, whether I'm above the radar or below it. I'm, I'm here just to throw darts and that's it. You know, let, let them do what they want to do. I just come up and try hitting the doubles in the treble 20s. I've had a few years here, yeah, a few years at the old alley pally, yeah. Listen, I'll keep going as long as I can keep going. You know, if I can keep, keep winning games, we said that a few years ago, I think it was, was it in lockdown that I made the final? Yeah, two years ago, and I'd hardly thrown a dart, you know, and I managed to nip through to the final. So, you know, it's I can still do it now and again when I need to. It's not even fair, is it? A, he doesn't remember the last time he made a final. Or B, he hadn't thrown a dart. It was in front of nobody. It just went, yeah, I'll just, I'll just make the final. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Also, we've still not franchised it, and we've been saying it for two years now. I'm just here to play darts. Get it, it on a t-shirt. It has to be on a t-shirt. Get it, it has on to be a on a t-shirt. t-shirt. <laughs> I will, I, I'm going to kick Barzi into gear this year. Yeah. Um, someone that potentially needs kicking into gear, especially in the World Championships, is James Wade. He became the highest ranked seeded player to fall so far in the tournament in round two, uh, going down 3-2 to Jim Williams, who was exceptional in the outer ring, uh, 50%, 10 from 20. I mean, Wade, he was, was 8 from 16 himself. Um but despite a, a, a positive start from Wadey, there were just far too many trebleless visits early on in the match with James. Yeah, and I think that was probably what did it, because both of them 50% on the doubles. I mean, there was no issues at, at the back end of legs. It was just, just the scoring phase that probably hurt him. And just a little bit of timing, which generally you wouldn't think would cost Wadey, because he's usually the one that, that times it perfectly, but... For once, he's the one that's averaged higher and got beat rather than the other way around. And we don't see that very often. But credit to Jim Williams, who played really well. He played very well in his last couple of sets against Sebastian the other night. And now he's kind of followed it up and beat someone that you certainly can't underestimate. And he he said that he underestimated Sebastian the other night. And he he obviously didn't tonight because he went out there and got a really, really impressive result. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever underestimate James Wade at all. Um, it's just not what I do. Uh, solid win for James, <laughs> for Jim once again, sorry. Um, 
I want to talk Jim's action very, very quickly. I appreciate the show's getting on a bit. We've still got all the predictions to do, so we're probably just going to have to give numbers for those. Yeah. Maybe just just fire through and I'll call a couple from the chat room out instead of everybody like I try to do every single night. But Jim doesn't strike me as the most confident person anyway in his demeanour, no. in the way that he interviews, in the way that he speaks, in the way that he wanders around stage and in his facial expressions. But the way he throws a dart, replicates that as well it's a little bit timid there's, there's no aggression in the dart there's no force in the dart and because of that he gets an awful lot drop out and, and fall out and yeah. i'm a little bit concerned about that moving forward for jim yeah the they look like they only just reached the board basically like they're not going solidly in like that's it's just about the tip of the dart reaching the board and it's a tough one because it clearly works for him because of the results he gets and how well he's done to get to this point. But it also costs him at times. And yeah. it's about whether whether throwing him a little bit harder or changing his dart slightly to something heavier that he has to throw a bit harder would work for him or whether that's going to completely ruin his throw and his action. And do you just... Do you stick with the the risk that they fall out, or and keep throwing them like he does? Because, I mean, when he's on, he's really on, and you wouldn't want to change that. But also, like you say, he loses a lot of darts as well. Yeah, uh, I flash this one up. Sean says, "Quick question: Jim Williams started to show the potential we showed him in the BDO WDF. I'll, I'll go. For, I, I'm not so sure, to be honest. No, I don't." I've not been impressed, really impressed, with what anybody that has been in a BDO or WDF World Final since Glenn Durrant made the switch. I've not been impressed with what they've done after that at all yet. We, we've seen Mark McGinney in a World Final. We've seen Jim Williams in a World Final. Uh, Wayne Warren hasn't kicked on. I know Wayne's a little bit older than, than most. Um Thibaut Tricol's had a steady year. Neil Duff's got more to give. I think he's, he's just joined the seniors. Um, but I, I'm not sure that Jim is starting to show that as yet. And no, not, I think mean, he will either, because part of his interview after round one was the fact that he still works and perhaps yeah. isn't as much time in on the board as other players on the tour are. And if, if you're going to make that jump and going to make that step up, I think you have to make that step up in the way that you approach it as well. And I think he's very happy just doing both right now. Yeah, there's not many that make the step across or make the step to doing it to a big level that can do it whilst also still doing the day job. And we've seen it with seen it with a few. Like I don't really think I mean, who would you say that's that's done it? Johnny kind of did it while he was still working full time, and it probably worked for him that he's doing it. And obviously, we've seen Merv have a resurgence with going back to working, but most of them, it kind of goes the other way unless you make the full step and do it. And yeah, he didn't really seem keen to to make that big jump, Jim. And and like you say, is he showing the potential? I don't know. He's had two two good games at this tournament two good wins but before this he hadn't really done a lot and I gave him a little bit of stick the other day for the fact that he said he underestimated his opponent when he's in the biggest tournament of the year so he's is he in a position to go and do that I'm not so sure 
Right then, let's hear then from the Quiff and see what he had to say in his post-match press conference. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a tough game. I think it was tough for James as well. You know, it's his first round, and um, he's fantastic. And I, I was kind of surprised by his score, and he didn't score nowhere near what he could. Um, and then you kind of try, perhaps a little bit too hard to to get on top of him, and it wasn't happening. But we just dragged it out at the end. I think that's fair enough to say about that match. So we are going to move on uh, to Luke Humphreys against Florian Hempel. And it's a little bit of the seed surviving one here, I think. At 2-1 down, there must have been plenty of people who were super concerned for Luke Humphreys' future in this tournament. Uh, it just didn't seem to be happening for him. But back-to-back sets, 3-0, 3-1, rescued cool hand into the third round. Yeah. Some recovery from him because, like you say, watching him up there in trouble against someone who we know has had a good run here last year and doesn't get phased up on that stage whatsoever. He was he was really in bother for a while, but for me, he finished it off very very well. I mean, taking six of the last, uh, sorry, five, six of the last seven legs. Sorry, yeah, six of the last seven legs to go and wrap it up. Was was very impressive. To be fair, out of a deep, deep hole, he just made him made it look comfortable and didn't look like he was worried one bit. We know the caliber of of Luke's A game. Does getting out of trouble in this manner against Florian Hempel add to the potential that we might see Luke Humphreys after New Year's Eve? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because what a scrap. Like, he's had to fight his way out of this. It's not about him going out there with his A-game. And yes, okay, he fired in 7-180s, but he was in a lot of trouble. It's not like he's just gone out there and dominated him just throwing 180s, which we've seen him do before now, and he can do to a lot of people where if he comes out scoring and finishing, he, you've rattled him off and he's... Well, we've seen him finish MVG off to nil in a final before now. Like, semi-final, final, whichever one it was. Either way, on the Eurotory, we've seen what he can do. This showed a different side where he was in trouble and he had to fight back and get himself out of bother. And yeah, I think that bodes well. Let's then hear from Luke Humphreys in his post-match press conference. No, not really on my part. You know, I still see myself as you know Luke Humphreys, the, the developmental player that's only just you know grown himself up in, into the world. So. You know, I think a lot of people who are fans and, and pundits probably put pressure on me, but I don't put pressure on myself because um, regardless of what happened in that game, I've had a fantastic year. You know, I've, I've really exceeded over expectations of myself and what I wanted to do this year. So, you know, to go on and, and have a good run here would, would be great. But, um, you know, unless I can get to the final, it's not really an achievement for me because I've obviously made the quarterfinals three times now. You know, unless I'm making semis and, and finals, then that's the only achievement that can top that. So, you know, I feel I feel good and I, I felt good up there. It just it's just one of them games that didn't happen. But, you know, I'm in the next round, so I can I can put it right. I like the approach. Yeah, I, I like the comments. I'm not sure I agree with not putting pressure on yourself when every interview you've given for the last year has been about putting yourself in the Premier League. I was just going to say, um, it was it was refreshing. Even the headline that we've used, that the clip is different to the headline that we've used from that, and it's about making himself undroppable, and, and the PC have to pick him for the Premier League. Oh, is that actually, 
Uh, right, okay, so I've not seen the headline. Um, I was just going to say, it's refreshing to see an interview from him where his first thing that he mentioned know, wasn't mentioned, the Premier League. Um, so, anyway, yeah, so he's still <laughs> done that. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, on to the final game of the night then. Uh, and once again, a pretty smooth result. Uh, just too much in the locker from Vincent van der Voort to knock out Cameron Menzies 3-0, who... Again, we know how fabulous his A game is, but his B game and his scrap game, especially up on TV, just doesn't seem to be up to up to scratch. Yeah. Um, Fallon Cherrick's partner, Cameron Menzies, just didn't quite do enough to stick with, to stick with him. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. You have to give him his full title at all times, as Sky will. Uh, <laughs> Stop it. I did it last night to Charlie as well. I'm doing it to you tonight. Yeah, I, I was pretty impressed with Vincent tonight. I thought he played really well. I've been impressed with him this year. Now that his back yeah. seems to be sorted, he's gone deeper and deeper in Pro Tours. It, it's very easy to forget how experienced and how much of a veteran on this tour that Vincent van der Voort is. He is yeah. a very, very experienced campaigner who has an exceptional A game and a solid enough B game right here. And if you let him get out in front of you as well, he can absolutely stampede you. That was the thing for me, though. I don't think he was anywhere near his A game. But the finishing from him today, that's not something we really associate with Vincent, to be fair. We know he can score heavily, and he can almost batter people into submission with his scoring and give himself enough chances to win legs. But he didn't score that heavily today. But he was well over 50% on his doubles and looked really comfortable every time he stepped up for one. And if he can click both parts together, I don't want to play him. And I don't think many other people will. Especially not if you give up that lead. Like I said, he is probably one of the better front runners I've actually yeah. seen play live. It just never looks like he's going to give anything up. Takes on Luke Humphreys next, which will be a, a tough battle. But if he produces his A game and gets out in front of Luke and Luke is forced to battle for two games in a row, at some point, I'm not saying for the World Number 5 that it's going to be the second game of the World Championships, but at some point when you go to the well, it won't be there. And either that doesn't bode well for Luke if he does allow Vincent to get out to an early lead, or potentially there is a chance it just doesn't happen for him in this next game. Yeah, and and there is, and like you say, if Vincent gets, I, mean, like I, said, I don't think he got anywhere near his A game tonight, and he won very comfortably. There's another level to what Vincent can go to, and if he can keep that doubling percentage while also scoring a lot better, then if he does get out in front of Luke, like Florian did today, I don't think he gets reeled in. Good to hear. Uh, G says, I wouldn't mind seeing Van der Voort versus Cam. You could stack two Cams on top of each other like minions from Despicable Me. Three. And Vincent would still topple over him. Three. <laughs> so I'm just sat there ready to laugh. Uh, let's hear then from Vincent Van der Voort in his post-match press conference. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, that hurt him. He told me so as well because he's like to talk. <laughs> I mean, he's a different character. He just talks to you before the match, during the match, in the break. He just talks to you all the time. He's just, <laughs> and everybody knows I'm a really nice guy. So I just tell him sometimes to be quiet. 
Is it difficult to maintain that focus? Because, like you say, can he use a, a bundle of energy and sometimes you're not quite sure what to expect from him? Oh, yeah, definitely it was. I expected a different character <coughs> and then um, uh, so on stage I just give it everything I got. But, uh, oh. I, I expected something back and it, it wasn't there. So after two sets, I thought, okay, it's going to be an easy win. And then I, I didn't play well last set. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. I gave him a hand, and then, and then he wanted to hug, and I said no, and he, I really want to. And then, friendly I'm as, as I am. In the end, I gave him a little hug. <laughs> many congratulations. Thank you. I love the sarcasm from Vincent. As, as someone that's been to lunch with him, I can tell you he's exactly the same when he's not in front of a camera as well. He is yeah. absolutely hilarious. Uh, right, it is that time of the show, guys, uh, to look ahead to tomorrow's session and some quick score predictions. I say quick because normally we'd start this part of the show about seven <laughs> or eight minutes ago, uh, but unsurprisingly, Cam has waffled. Uh, so now we're I up again. So if I don't call your score in the chat room, blame the little man sat there, right? Hang on a minute. Don't just don't just blame me. But it's my show. I'm in charge and I press all the buttons. So I am blaming you. And with that, you're going to tell me your score prediction for Brendan Dolan against Jimi Hendrix. Who's in charge? Hang on a minute. Well, right. don't you dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> this is not that kind of show. Is it not? We don't endorse Is that. Is it here. not, Salisa? Hang on a minute. That was funny. There's a difference. We do not endorse that here at all. <laughs> right, okay. Brendan Dolan against Jimi Hendrix is 3-0. I'm going nowhere else. 3-0, Brendan. I'll give Jimmy a set. No. He'd have to play better than he did not round one, Brenton. but I'm giving him a set. Uh, round number uh, match num round number two. Match number two. This should be played at a really nice pace, to be fair. Chris Doby against Martin Clearmack. <laughs> Upset. Upset. Clear Michael wins 3-2. I'm going to be 3-2. Round number three, the European champion, Ross Smith, takes on Darius Labanowskis. 3-1, Ross. I'm almost leaning to 3-0, but I just think he's a better player and I think he, he wins this comfortably. I'm going to say Ross 3-1 as well. I don't think the pace will help. And we round off the afternoon session with Rob Cross against Scott Williams, the practice partners playing against each other. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, I literally don't. My, I, Normally, I when you've got a character like... We'll go into a little bit of as well, and then I'm going to call yeah. out some scores from everybody for the last few. It's well, um, it's well worth going into When you've one, got a character as, as explosive as Scott Williams is, and, and a little bit of an enigma, normally you sit there and say, this match is 100% on whichever Scott Williams turns up. That's not strictly true in this case. No. Because the same can be said for Rob Cross. If he rocks up with his A game, I don't think it matters what Scott Williams brings. Rob Cross is a former world champion that took the I'm world sorry, you Scott say Williams that, though, basically but... Rob Cross four years ago. Yeah, but you say that. Rob Cross turns up with his A game. If Scott Williams goes and averages 115 in the set again, even Rob Cross with his A game probably gets beat. Yeah, but he's not going to average 115 every set. It's not in a set, though. And Rob Cross is more than capable of throwing that back at him. Yeah, oh, he is, yeah. I, I just, I honestly almost can't pick it. And 
had this argument with one don't of Don't you dare say 3 2 either way. Anyway, either. Because no, I, people I, we do not allow sitting on the fence here. I had this argument with mate earlier on today who was convinced that there's a perfect five fold tomorrow that pays two to one. Five folds, two for one. Yeah, a five fold that pays two to one that has Rob Cross in it at, at nine to four on. And I think that's utterly ridiculous because that's far too short for a start in a game that for me is literally a toss of a coin and it could go either way. Yeah, I think there's no such thing as a perfect fivefold at two to one, by the way. It's nowhere no. near enough odds. Nowhere no, near I, he's, enough also got, odds. he's also got Dobie in that that I've just picked against as well, which so that showed me where what I thought of his fivefold at two to one. Um and I think he's wrong for a second time. I think Scott Williams beats Rob Cross three two. I think the scoring power will be too much. And I'm Rob Cross. I know, I know. Last year, last year I'd have gone Scott. If if, no. if if Scott Williams right now was playing Rob Cross of last year, I'd have. Gone oh Scott. yeah, oh all day long. Yeah. I, just think... I, I wouldn't have gone three two. I'd have gone three one probably. Yeah. But, but I, I still think, think Scott's Scott scoring power will give him enough chances that he beats him because we know how good Rob is and he's consistent, but he doesn't score heavily enough for me. And Scott is capable of doing that, and I think he'll just give himself a few too many chances. If he turns up. Right, let's run through some predictions from the afternoon session. Daniel's got Dolan 3-0. G's got Dolan 3-1. As has Tommy, as has Declan. Uh, Harry's got 3-0. Uh, Jack's got Dolan 3-1. HAV's got 3-1 as well. Bob's got 3-0. Preston's got 3-1. Um, that's that one done. No, Jimmy. No. No. Uh, do we have any clear mackers? These are all Doby, unless I say otherwise. Uh, Harry says 3-1. HFV says 3-0. Tommy says 3-1. Preston says 3-2. G says Clearmacker 3-2. Bob's got 3-1. Daniel's got 3-2. Dex got 3-2. Tommy. Then we go on to Smith. Uh, so these are all just Rob basically Smith. Me, me and G sat there in the, in the Clearmacker corner. What's that? These, yeah, these are all for Ross Smith, unless I say otherwise. So we've got 3-2 from Tommy, 3-2 from Preston, 3-2 from Harry. Plenty giving Darius a lot of love here even though they're giving him a loss. Uh, Jack spelt Dobie wrong, but it's funny. Uh, he's giving him 3-2, by the way. Is he uh, spelling Dobie? Of... He... No, it's Dobie. It's E-H on the end. It's quite abusive. Uh, oh, like City. City, yeah. Um, HCV's got Smith 3-1, as is Jack, as is Bob, as is Declan. Uh, and then we move on to the final game in the afternoon session. Uh, Tommy's got Williams 3-2, as is Scott. HCV's got Cross 3-1. Harry Barry says cross 3-0. Maybe he thinks the relationship will come into play in that one. Uh, Dex got 3-2 cross. Uh, Anon's got 3-2 Doby. He was a little bit late on that one. Jack's got cross 3-2. Bob's got Smith 3-1. And there we go. On to the evening session. And we start with the wall. Martin Schindler against Smash. Martin Lukeman. Really, really good game, I think. Um, And it's another one that's a little bit... Just stick your finger in there and guess which way it's going to go because that's how you do every one of your predictions. Mean, none of that. <laughs> um, no, I, I think it is. I think this is really, really close, and I think it could go either way. And I'm having, I'm having it now. I'm having this is our first deciding leg. We see it go all the way. 
It's George um, Noble refereeing, because it was absolutely no surprise, by the way, to see George no. Noble ref in the Dirk van Dijvenburg. Exactly, exactly. So George is refereeing this. It goes right to the deciding leg, and Martin Schindler wins it. 3-2. But, I'm going to say Schindler 3-2 as well. Yeah, I, I I'd be really happy the other way around. score well. better, but I'm not sure about nerves double out of ring, and I just think Schindler's... Also, the heat, the heat up there, yeah, which Mervyn struggled with. Martin, we've seen him struggle with it before, possibly when he gets down to it. Maybe Schindler just does a little bit better with that. Yeah. Uh, match number two in evening session is Danny Nopper against David Cameron. Now, World Seniors Master, David Cameron, I was pretty impressed with him in the first round, especially with the comeback he produced. However, I think he's a little bit unfortunate in the fact he is running into Danny Nopper. There are plenty of seeds looking at the performances so far where I think David Cameron could have given him a solid scaring, a good run for their money, and potentially even progressed. Danny Nopper isn't one of those for me. He is just far too good right now. Uh, and whilst I've just seen you flash up 3-0, I am going to give Cameron a set, but I do think that's all he'll get. I just think Danny Nopper is just playing the best arts of his life right now, and that's for a player that's been in a... WDF World, uh, BDA World Final and done whatever else he has in his career so far. Yeah, no, I just I think he was he was lucky to get through Richie Edels to be honest. Richie, let's let's be honest. I like Richie Edels. He's he's great to watch. He was one of my favourite players going through the early stages of lockdown, watching the live league, and he completely bottled it. And he should have had he should have. I'd really, he should have David Cameron up there early. Danny Oppert's not going to do that. Danny Oppert's going to take those chances and finish it off, and I just can't see him getting a set. Uh, third match of the evening, the penultimate match of round two, by the way, uh, is Johnny Clayton against Danny Van Tripp. Not sure if I can see past 3 nil again. Really? Yeah, I mean, I know Danny played okay the other night, but no, I just think Johnny's too too good and too clinical, and I don't. I mean, we watched him recently, just beating people to nil for fun at the slam as well, and I just think it's going to happen again. I'm I'm just a little bit concerned that Johnny hasn't had his best season given the way that he's performed in the last couple of years and that Danny is very very capable however I just think that for this to be an upset Danny has to play near his best and Johnny has to drop off a fair bit yeah. so I, I don't think it's as simple as a 3-0 walkover I, I saw Johnny lose 4-0 I think it was to Jim Motson the other week he just couldn't buy anything on the outer ring and he, he got picked off and punished and if Danny Van Tripp does that to him, it's very possible we see Van Tripp in round three. However, you expect the experience and, and, and the know-how of Johnny to come through this one. So I'm going to say 3-1. Yeah, I think I think we've just seen Johnny trending in the right way recently on the big stage. I think we've seen him, he's looked better recently than he's looked over the last probably 18 months, to be fair. And on to the final match of round two, the final match before we break for Christmas. It will be Joe Cullen against Ricky Evans. This one should be entertaining. Great, yeah. Absolutely great game. And 
this is one where you've got to say it depends which Joe turns up. Because if Joe plays at his best, he wins this. But if he's slightly off, Ricky coming off the back of his first round game as well, where he didn't play to his best, but he's been up on the stage already. He's got the crowd on side. They're definitely, you would imagine, going to be on his side, except for when everyone's singing Oasis at the start for Joe. Um, I think we might see an upset. And I don't like to pick against Joe Cullen. I really, really like Joe, but I think Ricky wins 3 2. Very tentatively. Really tentatively, but I think Ricky wins 3 2. I quite like both of these guys. I think they're both. I, love them both. Oh. I think Ricky is absolutely fantastic for the sport, handled the, the pressure of the Fallon game pretty well. Um, but what I can't get away from it is, is two little factors in this. One, for a large part of that game, Fallon was the better player. Yeah. And, and Ricky needs to up his level, which we know he's capable of. We know he can settle. We know there will be less media attention on, on this match than there was on that Fallon game. But, but two, also, Fall Fallon scored really well in that game, mm -hmm. which we know Joe can do, but also we, we can see Joe go off as well. We can. But no player has won more games this year with a lower average than their opponent, than Joe Cullen. True. And and that's the string that Joe Cullen has added to his bow that has made him so dangerous this year, is that he is winning so many more games in 2022 than he ever has before where he isn't the better player or where he isn't producing his A game. And I just think, yeah. given all of his big stage experience now, dart away from winning the Premier League, has been in every TV event this year, that's going to be a lot to overcome. Even if Joe Collin doesn't rock up an average 102 and, and produces A game and fire maximums in for fun left, right and centre, he's, he's just got this knack of winning right now. Yeah. So if it goes tense, he's, he's just going to believe that he's done it so often this season that he can get away with it. I am going to go 3-2. I do think it goes close. I do think it goes tight. I think Ricky's got the ability to just take sets away from you like that because of the pace he plays at. Yep. You could get caught up in it. And I think Joe will like playing at that pace as well. Like being yeah. able to just oh, yeah, off and get going. I'm not going to say he's suddenly going to start keeping his darts up here so he could change them over and get them out of the hand as quick as Ricky does. But... It will flow nicely. Well, and that will allow you'd have Joe to have him over the back out. almost, the way Joe brothers. <laughs> like, have, this is like Robin Hood coming out of the coming out of the sleeve over the <laughs> back. <but. laughs> uh, a few predictions in the chat room to finish. Then where did we start with? We started with Shinner. There's quite a few to scroll back on. Uh, Tommy's got Lukeman three two. Preston's got Schindler three two. As is Declan. Uh, Harry's got Schindler three one. Jude's got Schindler three two. HAV three two. Schindler. Uh, Daniel's got Schindler 3-1 as well. Bob's got Lukeman 3-2. Jack's got Schindler 3-2. Uh, on to the next game. Uh, these are all noppy unless otherwise. So it's 3-0 for Tommy, 3-0 for Barry, 3-1 for... 3-0 uh, for Barry. 3-0 for Harry. 3-1 uh, for Teclan. 3-1 uh, for HJV. 3-0 for Daniel. 3-1 for Bob. Uh, Preston says Hart says Cameron. 3-2. Brain says Nopper at 3-1. That sounds like you're sitting on the fence, so we're not going to count that. 
to our imaginary <laughs> non track yeah, prediction league. Uh, Jesus got Noppy 3 1. Uh, on to match number three. Uh, Tommy's got Clayton 3 1, as has Declan. Preston's got 3 0. So's HJV. Bob's got 3 1. Harry's got Clayton 3 0. Jesus got Ferret 3 0. Uh, clean sweep for that one. And in the final game, Declan's gone with a 3 2. Colin, Tommy's got 3 0. Colin, uh, Harry's got 3 2. Colin, Jesus got 3 1. Colin, Preston's got 3 1. Colin, HCV's got 3 2. Colin, Daniel says the walk on should be great. Uh, Bob's got Ricky Evans 3 2 in the final leg, and Jack has got Colin 3 1. Uh, that does bring to an end our show this evening. One more for you guys before Christmas. That will be tomorrow evening, I believe. Is it me and you again, Cam? Uh, not as far as I know. No, it's Charlie. I'll be back with Charlie. I think it might Charlie. be you and Charlie. Um, I'll be back with Charlie yeah. tomorrow night. So if I don't speak... Well, I'll, I'll definitely speak to you before, Cam, but I might as well uh, say Merry Christmas to you while I can see you rather than via a text message. Uh, yeah. So have a good one to you. Uh, everyone you else, too, I will man. see you back here tomorrow evening. Uh, hopefully where we wrap up a little bit earlier. You know, Cam does like to waffle a little bit. Bless him. Stop, but... stop putting it all on me. <laughs> you, you can talk better than anyone I've ever met. I'll take that. That's possibly the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Uh, a big thank you to everybody in the chat room for joining us this evening. We really do appreciate it. Quick reminder of a couple of things you haven't done so already. Do hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. Follow us on socials. Keep up to date with all the content. And if you do want to watch any of the interviews in full, they're available on our YouTube channel right now a uh, big big thank you to everybody for watching to betfred for sponsoring all of our coverage of the pdc world darts championship if you are betting with them please make sure you do so responsibly i'll be back tomorrow night and i'll see you all very very soon merry christmas all